0: Welcome, USNSCC community, field, out there. This is the Crow's Nest. Uh, you have uh, Sean Johnson, once again, Director of Curriculum and Instruction. Um, the song that you heard at the top of the show was not chosen at random. Um, it was the number one song, February 3rd, 1985. And that date is going to be incredibly important to our conversation coming up Uh for this edition of the Crow's Nest. Um, so. September 27th is Gold Star Mother's Day. And. If you don't know what a Gold Star Mother is. Um, those are American mothers. Who lost sons or daughters. In service of the U.S. Armed Forces. And so. And I learned this as well. We've certainly heard the term, uh, I've heard the term used um, in journalistic sources over the last few years or, or maybe longer. But it, it's a tradition that dates back uh, to just after World War I, so 1928, so a decade later. Um, it was a way to commemorate mothers who lost sons uh, during World War I. And the symbol of the gold star, so living servicemen were represented by a blue star. And those who had lost their lives in combat were represented by a gold star. And then moms who lost sons or daughters in the U.S. Armed Services uh, sort of became known as gold star mothers because they were the mothers of... um, children who had lost their lives. And so the reason I bring up February 3rd, 1985 is because we have a gold star mother who is going to share her, um, her knowledge, her wisdom, uh, with us for the crow's nest because her son, Nicholas Hale Anderson was born on February 3rd, 1985. Hence the choice of the song at the top of the show. And so let me just read, uh, Nicholas Anderson's biography. Um, he was born on February 3rd, 1985 to A.L. Anderson and Eleonora Dockler. He graduated from Bonanza High School in Las Vegas in June of 2003. Nicholas joined the Marine Corps in September of 2003. So, ju- wait, June, July, August, so like three, three or four months after he graduated high school. In September of 2003 and achieved the rank of Lance Corporal. In early June 2004, he arrived in Iraq. He was attached to Weapons Company 1st Battalion, 4th Marines, 11th Marine Expeditionary Force. The incident which caused his death occurred on Friday, November 12, 2004. While serving on a nighttime combat patrol in Muhammadiyah, Iraq, approximately 12 miles south of Baghdad, his Humvee rolled over. Nicholas is survived by his mother, Eleanor, his father, A.L. Anderson, his stepmother, Lisa, and his 10-year-old brother, Jackson. Also survived by his fiancée, Amanda Barnicote, a member of the U.S. Air Force stationed in Japan, Nicholas was buried with full military honors in Ivy Lawn Memorial Park, Ventura, California. So, we are going to have a friend of the show, friend of Sea Cadets, uh, Lisa Anderson, with us, and she is going to share, we're just going to have a conversation with her about Gold Star Mother's Day and what it means to her. And uh, thankfully, she is a friend of another friend of ours, Vahan Manugian, which who you should know as one of our national headquarters representatives way out on the West Coast. And so uh, he graciously agreed to sort of lead this conversation with Lisa uh, because they do know each other. And so uh, we thought that would be much better. And so what I'm going to do is just throw it over to uh, that conversation, and then I will speak with you on the other end.
1: Well, I'm very excited today to have on the line uh, Lisa Anderson, and Lisa and I are going to have a little conversation uh regarding Gold Star families, and in particular Gold Star mothers, because September 27th is uh, Gold Star Mother Day. And Lisa is not new to the Sea Cadets. Uh, In fact, she and I met each other uh, 16 years ago um, at Naval Base Ventura County. And uh, as we go through the interview, it'll become apparent uh, how we got to meet. But Lisa is just a phenomenal individual uh, who is a champion uh, for her family, and in particular, her son, uh, who served our country, uh, and unfortunately was killed in action uh, back in 2004. Um, And so we're just going to kind of kick it off and and see where the conversation takes us. So Lisa, first (laughs) of all, I want to thank you for being here uh, and, and sharing uh, about yourself and uh, Nick, your son, uh, who is a true hero, and uh, it's uh, I'm I'm really glad you're with us. So why don't we just kick off with uh, uh, sharing about you and your family?
2: Well, I don't know exactly where to start. Um, I uh, my son Nick uh, joined the Marine Corps when he was 18, and um, unfortunately, he was ca- uh, killed right before his. Uh, 19th birthday in Iraq, it it left a devastating mark on on myself and uh, my husband and my my younger son, and uh, it's been kind of a a, a different kind of journey uh, because I've ever since he died, it's been my um, my goal to make sure nobody forgets our fallen. And um, especially in 2004, um, in Iraq and Afghanistan, there was um, a lot of politics involved in, um, in our men and women overseas. And uh, and in doing so, I think that um, our, um, our men and women were, I don't necessarily wanna say that they were forgotten, but they weren't on the forefront and I felt that they needed to be. And so basically, um, besides my other children who are, you know, the apple of my eye, they're the apples of my eye. It's just my goal in life is to make sure that nobody does forget or fall in and I'll do anything and everything, um, in doing so, which I have. <laughs> and, um, and that's, um, and, but it all started in, um, with the sea cadets, which is really kind of cool. And, uh, my youngest son joined the sea cadets as well. And, uh, my daughter's not so much. She's, that's not her path, but that's okay. Um, but um, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't need to go in about me. I like to like to go in about our around oh, Nick. Yeah, as you know, a but, uh, as a
1: point of as a point of reference uh, about <coughs> Nick. Uh, Nick was a sea cadet uh, with our Van Voorhees Squadron um, out here in uh, in California and Nevada. Um, he. Uh, was a Sea Cadet, he went to recruit training, uh, and of course as Lisa said joined the Marine Corps. Um, uh, Her two other children, uh, Jackson, who has just been uh, commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps, uh, was a member of our Ben Morale Battalion, and then of course the youngest daughter, uh, who, as she? she said, it wasn't her path. Uh, she's an energetic go-getter. I met her the first time in Marine Corps Ball. She was actually my dance partner. Uh, <laughs> and she has grown up to be a young lady. Uh, that we're we're really excited uh, that Lisa is part of the Sea Cadet family and always will be. Um, Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit about Nick, kind of his background and grown up and who he was.
2: Um, well, he was, he was a good kid. He was, uh, I always call him the goofball, uh, and always willing to help. And so for him to join the Marine Corps or, you know, the sea cadets first, but then the Marine Corps, it wasn't a surprise because, uh, he always had that, that give all the time, always wanting to help always, uh, you know, give of, of himself. And, um, he was a great athlete. We used to run together and work out together. And, uh, he always joked that, uh, Uh, that if I had joined the Marines too, I'd probably do pretty good. (laughs) But um, uh, he was just that way. Even when he was in Iraq, um, a lot of his um, brothers would tell me that that's what he did. He he played soccer with the Iraqi kids and passed out soccer balls and just kind of made sure that, you know, the kids felt comfortable around all them, which I can imagine wasn't an easy thing. Um, and uh, for those kids, and uh, and that's just who he was. And and it just came so naturally. Um, And uh, yeah, he was a good kid, really good kid.
1: So when he was killed in November of 2004, the way we um, reconnected with Lisa as a Cadet program, Mm -hmm. uh, we were just getting ready to uh, dive into our winter training session that year and mm-hmm. we heard the news about nick and i said you know what we're gonna we're gonna really remember him we're gonna dedicate this training session to nick and then i thought "Well, but i gotta track him down how are we gonna do that and i happen to know that uh that uh, the kids went to our lady of assumption uh school mm-hmm. in ventura and so i called the school office and i said this is gonna sound crazy but here's who I am and here's what I'm trying to do. And they're like, the lady was very nice. She says, well, I can't give out their information, but let me take yours and, and I'll pass it on. And I said, well, I appreciate that. And within probably an hour at least, and of course Lisa, you said, absolutely. Uh, we're very excited. <laughs> about that. Got to, invite, uh, got to invite everyone to the graduation ceremony Uh, I think we had Jackson up on stage at one point with us and, and, uh, that was really a memorable thing, which led to, uh, down the road, the, um, Jackson joining the Sea Cadets. And then we named a training ship after Nick. Yeah. Kind of our little way of giving back. So T.S. Nick Anderson, uh, in Ventura County is named after. Uh, Lisa's son, Nick. But there's another thing that Lisa, as she said, loves to run and is very passionate about, (laughs) and that is the Marine Corps Marathon. So Lisa, you want to share a little bit about that? I think that's a great uh, part of your journey.
2: Yeah. So um, when Nick died, I was already an athlete and ran and all that, but I didn't uh, run long distances. Um, However, um, I needed to escape a lot when um after nick died so i just started running and then um i kind of never stopped i just kept going um and then um a few years uh, had gone by and i had been um, prior to nick uh, being killed i was um we were trying to get pregnant i had lost a number of babies and uh, we were in the middle of our first in vitro actually when um when nick um, wick died and so um but um, it took a, a little bit and we finally got our, our Lena um, and um, but I just kept running as much as I could and um, right uh, around when right after Lena was born I was reading a um, an old uh, Sports Illustrated or Runner's World magazine and um, it had a picture of Oprah on it and said that she Had ran the marathon and I'm like, well, dang, man, if she could run a marathon, I could do it. And it happened to be the Marine Corps Marathon, so I'm like, that's it. I'm going to do it. It just seems the right thing to do. You know, a lot of people when their when their child dies, especially in um, in the military, they have scholarships or they maybe even plant trees or do whatever, you know, to honor. And I thought, this is this is me. This is makes more sense. So um, I started running the Marine Corps Marathon um, to honor my son, always had his picture on my back. And also I had mentioned it to Nick's platoon leader at the time. And he says, okay, I'll run it with you. And so, uh, that has been, wow, 15 years now. And now it's, uh, let's see. Yeah. 15 years. This, this next month will be the 15th year. I think that we've ran it. And, um, and Scott Cuomo still runs it with me when he can, when he's in um, in country, and um, but I dedicate um, that to my son. I always have my picture on my back, and and I also run. I get sponsored by a couple other organizations. Um, uh, where blue run to remember, which is another organization to remember the fallen and also taps, which is a huge organization. And that is, um, uh, tragedy assistance programs for survivors and therefore, um, military families after, um, after losing a loved one. And, um, so yeah, so I run, run, run. Um, and then I actually, um, kind of went to even to the darker side and, and I do Ironmans now and uh, started with another with a veteran um, Mike Ergo and we started what's called the Gold Star Initiative and what we do with Ironman if you're not familiar with it it's a um,
0: that's a tough race
2: it is very tough <laughs> it's 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 very tough but um, I was at this, um, uh, a race down in San Diego uh, Super Frog, and um, this gentleman comes up to me and he saw my bracelet and he goes, is that your son? And I said, yes, he's all, well, um, I'm, um, I'm going to Kona and I'm, I, I'm racing in honor of all the guys that he had lost um, when he was serving in the Marine Corps. And, um, he goes, I'd love to add your son's name to that. And I just, <laughs> so I get all, all choked up just thinking about it. Cause it was just, it was the start of a great re- uh, friendship. And so we decided we needed to do something. We thought we're gonna do something great here. And what we ended up doing is, so now what we go to these races um, through Ironman and the Ironman Foundation, and uh, we get uh, veterans uh, to do these races in honor of a fallen. And then during the run portion, they um, carry the flag and they present it to to the families at the finish line. Um, and so it could either be a full Ironman or a half Ironman. And um, so a full would consist of two point four mile swim, then one hundred twelve mile bike ride, and then a marathon, twenty six point two miles. And you have to do that within eighteen hours. Um, and then um, uh, we have the halves as well. So in um, all of this time, you know, trying to get my word out to not forget our fallen, it's finally been picked up and and recognized by other. Bigger organizations, which is, sent me over the topic, excited um, that and 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 in doing so. Um, now this year, of course, was you know nothing happened this year because of COVID. Uh, uh, last year we had four races. This year we were supposed to do nine, including Kona, and uh, my my co-chair Mike was going to run it in honor of, of Nick. Um, so uh, since it didn't happen this year, we're going to do it next year. Um, but it was a big deal and um, it's just the passion that people do have um, about our fallen and there's, um, you know, uh, across the board with, you know, veterans and um, there are people out there that care, which is good because for the longest time I was going down that dark road thinking that people didn't care and they were just tired of me, you know, uh, you know, Veterans Day or Memorial Day or, or, you know, different things come around and I'm always out there, you know, posting on Facebook and Instagram, you know, not forget our fault. And I think that people are just sick of it, but come to find out they're not. And that's a, that's a a good thing. Um, And, um, and I hope that more gold star families and and mothers in particular um, know that because it's so easy to go down that dark road um, without having um, an outlet, a positive outlet. And to me, um, athleticism is one of the best ways you can, you know, do that and, and get through what you need to get through.
1: So Lisa, have you um, kept in touch with any of the uh, Marines that were part of Nick's unit over the years? And has that helped uh, kind of get through some of the tougher times?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, thank God for Instagram and Facebook, because that's where I've met a lot of them um, and kept in contact uh, with them. I just... Um, this year before COVID. Was it this year? I don't even remember. I can't even keep track anymore now with everything being shut down. And um, so it was the anniversary of the Battle of Najaf, which uh, uh, Nick was in, in his platoon. And um, so they had a big anniversary um, down at Camp Pendleton. Uh, That's where Nick was stationed and um, did this big dinner and this big hike. And um, it was really neat. And I, and I, I meet like I've met a couple of them um, of Nick's buddies uh, in uh, Philadelphia when they have the Marine Corps birthday. Um, they have the big party up there, and I got invited from them. And then um, um, I always uh, uh, talk to to them and, and keep in t- touch with them. And uh, so yeah, it's it's easy it's easy uh, to do that and. And luck, I'm lucky that um, um, <clears throat> uh, they feel comfortable enough to come to me because I know um, at the beginning um, a number of them probably had a lot of guilt, and um, I I don't place blame on anyone or anything. It's just it's just life. It's just what happens. And um, um, a lot of uh, vets have so much guilt. Um, whether it's because one of their closest buddies or they were involved in a conflict and, and they've lost someone or, or just the overall, um, losing people. Um, there's so much guilt involved. And, um, and I, and what we've come to find out is that, you know, I've had a lot of guilt, a, a lot of guilt too, for these guys thinking, you know, I don't want them to feel bad. I feel guilty that they have to feel guilty if that makes any sense. And, um, so it's one of the best things that's ever happened is this extended family that i have now that i don't think would have happened um you know so it's like kind of like that double-edged sword you know um i i consider all these guys my sons and if anything happened to them i would just be devastated as if as if it was they were my own son. And on top of that, I've also become with some of them, their, their parents or their mothers have become, have reached out to me. Um, And it's just, um, I don't know if it's just the Marine Corps, but, um, you know, it's family is family is family and doesn't matter. And I think that's a blessing in, in itself.
1: Wow. (laughs) that is that is that's phenomenal yeah it's so good to hear um tell us a little bit about um jackson and lena because i know that even though it's it's gold star mother's uh, day Mm -hmm. uh, it truly is a family uh journey that you have to travel and all and your husband al too
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so um about them well um Al, my husband's a little quiet, more quiet about stuff. And I don't know whether that um, uh, it's the way he was brought up or just, you know, men in general, sometimes they're a little bit more quiet about things. And and men and women deal with death differently, especially your child. And so he's not as you know, he kind of is in the, in the background. <laughs> I'm the one who's out there, but that's my personality. I'm out there anyway. So, uh, but um, so he kind of stays a little bit quiet. He does, he, he um, honors Nick his own way and um, and that's perfectly fine. I think we all have to find our way to be able to deal with life because we're the ones that have to go on and we're the ones that have to um, you know, go forward. And, and um, so I, um, Um, he's a little bit quiet on that on that end Uh, jackson um it was tough because jackson and nick um were really really close um nick had already was in the process of of making all the the arrangements to have um that i forgot what it's called maybe you can remind me vahan um uh when they had already had plans of when they were going to be coming home um, they were going to, uh, they were on the Bellawood, they were in the Mew, but they were on the Bellawood, and they were going to um, come back through Hawaii, and then we were going to um, fly Jackson out to Hawaii, and then Jackson was going to come back on the Bellawood with Nick. Um, oh, I for- a Tiger cruise. The Tiger cruise, yeah, so Nick had already um, made arrangements, he wanted to have that, he wanted Nick, to, uh, Nick with him, or Jackson with him, and we hadn't, told Jackson yet because we were, you know, it was going to be a surprise. Uh, so that was, um, I mean, that's how close they were, even though they were 10 years apart in distance, um, um their age distance, uh, they were still extremely close. And, uh, um, so it was very hard for Jackson. He was so young. He was only nine. Um, when, um, when Nick died and, um, it was r- really tough, but, um, the sea cadets came along and you know he wasn't old enough yet to be um, a navy leaguer right and but vahan made uh, it work (laughs) i think he's probably the youngest
1: (laughs) he was well he was two years off and i think i remember asking him when's your birthday and he told me when his birthday was and I said, on your birthday, I'm going to make sure that we get you involved. And I marked my calendar. And I think that's how we, um, you know, I, you and I chatted a couple of times in between that. But then right when his birthday hit, uh, yeah. I remember making a phone call and saying, okay, he's 10 years old. Let's do it.
2: Yeah,
1: and yeah. He yeah. signed up.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was good because I think um, it, it gave him a little bit of, I don't want to say control, but I think it gave him a, a little, a little bit of yeah, maybe control to have that same um, uh, something that his brother, that that shared experience. Um, even though his brother wasn't still alive, he could still experience what what Nick did, and Nick loved the Sea Cadets. He just oh, he loved it. And so once Jackson joined, um, he took to it like, oh my gosh, he loved it, and. Uh, so that was that a really good experience. In fact, it was um, it, well, Nick or Jackson, um, <clears throat> when he got older and he got to do some really cool stuff and, and go places and go through all the training, whether it was here or down in San Diego or up in Alameda, um, uh, he had a plan that he wanted. we knew he wanted to maybe be in the service as well. Um, but um, he put it on himself. Unfortunately, I think that he felt that he had to follow his brother's footsteps. And um, he even was kind of on the fast track to go to the Naval Academy. He went to their summer sessions and we were working on, you know, getting the congressional um, acceptance. And of course, um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of what Scott Cuomo's um, title is now, he is, Bahan, you have to help me again. What's what's um, a rank above a captain
1: in the Marine uh, Major. Corps? Major. Okay, keep, go- uh, Major keep going. Major, Lieutenant
2: Colonel, Colonel. He's a Lieutenant Colonel. So Lieutenant Colonel Cuomo, who is an ex-platoon leader, um, uh, has always been there for us. And um, so he, um, always told Jackson, you know, hey, if you want to get into the Naval Academy, I'll make it happen. (laughs) Because he had also taught there as well. And uh, at the last minute, Jackson said no, and he ended up going to Villanova University instead. Um, And it wasn't until he came back home after graduation. And he kind of, for about a year, just didn't know what he was going to do. And he came to me and he said, Mom, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. And I went, Okay. He goes, but you can't tell dad. I'm just going to sign up. I'm like, well, no, 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 you're not going to just sign up. You have a college education. There's got to be more to it than this. So we called Lieutenant Colonel Cuomo and he said, "Um, uh, no, you're not going to just sign up. You're going to go to officer candidate school. (laughs) So so he made, he gave us the connections, but Jackson had to do it on his own and he had to do it on his own terms. And that's one thing that he did say, I want to do this on my own terms. I said, well, you already are. I mean, your brother enlisted, you're you're going to go in as an officer. Those are t- two different, you know, those are two different uh, careers. And so, um, so that was one of the biggest things that Jackson um, wanted to make sure is that we understood it was on his terms and not because of what was expected because of his brother. And even though we never expected him to follow in his brother's footsteps, you know, those are big shoes to fill. I mean... You know, you have a brother that died a hero, um, you know, and all our militaries are heroes as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, that's a lot to, a lot of expectations that I think that maybe Jackson put on himself. Um, now he understands he's gotten um, he's gotten beat up pretty good <laughs> in, the la- in his last couple schools that he's in um, right now before he's um, uh, getting ready to go to uh, Fort Sill for artillery. He's gonna be our artillery officer um so he's he's getting ready for that but in the meantime he's been um uh in charge of a number of cadets at officer candidate school in quantico and so um he is doing it his own way which which is really good and and i'm really proud of him and i'll see him next week because i'm actually gonna help him move um and then little lena um her her namesake is is nick's name so her her name is lena emily nicole and so Nicole is uh, part of Nicholas and um, she, um, she never knew her brother physically, but she definitely knows her brother. And, um, and it's, uh, it's sweet. It's when we go to the cemetery and visit him, she always kisses his grave marker and says, I love you, Nick, as if, as if she was here in, you know, physically with him, when, and, you know, she knows him, it's all, she doesn't talk to him like, oh, my brother that I never knew, she talks about Nick, like she knows Nick, you know, which is, um, to me is a good thing. Some people might think it's a little creepy, but I really don't care what other people think. So, um, um, and Jackson and Nick are just as close as, or Jackson and Lena are just as close as, uh, Jackson and Nick were. And, um, so I feel really blessed in that they, um, uh, Jackson looks after Lena the way Nick looked after Jackson, and um, and I think that's a real positive thing. Um, even though Lena and Jackson are twelve years apart, um, they're as if they're a year apart. You know, they they have that cr- really close relationship, and and when you meet them, you know, you see it right away. It's not something that you can't miss it.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So, is there anything that you would impart um, to other Gold Star families? Uh, Because we do have others in the Sea Cadet program. If you could share uh, um, 50 words of insight uh, for those families uh, and for our our other uh, cadet families, uh, what would that be uh, from the perspective of a Gold Star mother?
2: That American flag that we fly every day in front of my house that's lit up at night is um, that honors our fallen from today to all the way back in time of we've been um, the United States of America. And to um, respect that flag is respecting our fallen. And I feel really, really, um, that's a really strong feeling that I have and um uh, i take it very personal when um people disrespect our flag i don't care if you're from this country or another I, I i mean i certainly wouldn't do it to somebody else's country but um that is you know if you really know what our flag represents and and the stars and the stripes and the colors and everything that it is is um that's really important and so to honor honor that flag is honoring our fallen and um and i think we need to keep that perspective Um, and then also um, honoring our fallen um, being involved in the military and being involved in the sea cadets and um, we need to just keep keep those those heroes of ours alive and not forget um, what they did Um, uh, you know service over self is is big and and we've lost so much of that in um in the very um, selfish uh, culture that we live in now. And, um, and I think it's important as parents that we need to um, really uh, drive it into our kids how important services, it's too important to lose that. And um, and I want, that's a big thing that I want. That's, you know, and that again goes in, in, in parallel with not forgetting our fallen
1: outstanding. Karen and Sean and Alicia, do you have any other questions other we may want to pose?
0: I mean, I was just, you know, I would just ask a follow-up to that last one. How do you impart that sense of service, that sense of uh, working towards something that might be larger than yourself? I know mm-hmm. young people are so focused on themselves and how many like, mm-hmm. how many followers that they're getting and yeah. You know, I, how do we get them to think about that institution, organization, that entity that's larger than themselves and, and want to dedicate their lives to serving it?
2: Well, I think it comes back down to the family and, and the parents. And, you know, that's always been the big joke. Or you could always blame the parents, but you can, because, um, you know, I'm a hands-on mom and, um, you know, I always joke about that. You know, my kids are more scared of me than they are the cops because, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't put up with a lot of stuff and, you know, I'm a, I'm there, you know, I'm present and, um, my kids are, you know, they get disciplined and they do chores and they don't do chores so they can get allowance. They do chores so they can have the ability to live under the roof that we provide for them and, um, and, you know just because all your friends have cell phones like this is you know i had this with my daughter just because all your friends have cell phones i don't care that you're the only eighth grader at the time that doesn't have a cell phone you don't need one you know and and so it's it's stepping up as a parents and saying no to your children and saying you know what maybe we could do this instead um and and i think we've created such a society that we're giving kids anything and everything that they want we are um uh, dumb downing them i think i think they are kids have the ability to do amazing things if we give them that opportunity but you stick a device in front of their face or if mom and dad are busy with the device in front of their face what's that going to do and and so we have to balance things and and say no you know you don't need that you know and 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 i think that's where it starts unfortunately parenting and then on top of it saying you know what let's go do this why don't we volunteer our time and help whatever the case may be and volunteering is one of the biggest things i mean like the sea cadets it's all on for the most part you can't run it without volunteers Mm -hmm. um and uh and that's so important volunteerism is is you know I personally think that, you know, I mean, high schools, a lot of high schools have to volunteer kids have to volunteer to be able to to graduate. But I don't think that's enough, you know, um, the, the hours that they have to put in is is minimal of what should be required and um, And that's just the stepping stone of them getting out of themselves. And understanding that there's a bigger picture out there, whether it has to do with the environment like today. I mean, this week I'm out here. I've actually volunteering my time as assistant ranger on um, in a national park. Um, out here on this island because of COVID and all this other stuff and I'm, I'm stepping away from my work. To be able to do this because I think it's important, and I want people to come and enjoy this, the great outdoors, and what we what this great country has to offer, and in a national park. So, I mean, we could all do it. It doesn't matter if you're two years old or 52 years old or 102 years old. Uh, Volunteering is so big, and it you you know what I mean. I mean, it gets you out of your own space. It's like, well, I don't really need to care about how many likes I have because I'm busy right now. Leading a hike for people that want to, you know, learn about, you know, whatever. And um, so I think there's a lot that we can do. But um, again, it also comes back to the parents, you know, if you don't parent your kid, I mean, then social media is going to do it for you.
0: Right.
2: And simple. And that's where you're going to find all those problems.
3: I also think we impart that sense of, of service by sharing the story of, of people like your son. I mean, for the Sea Cadets to understand that one of their own made the ultimate sacrifice, these are so, mm-hmm. it's so important, and and I can't thank you enough, Lisa, yeah. for your your bravery and your honesty and your courage in, in, in honoring your son's story with us because you are reaching so many people right now. And that that there is no greater patriotism than what your son did and what you're doing today.
2: Well, I hope that's the case. You know, I don't want to come across as, and I don't like to tell people what to do or how to feel or you know what they should be doing. Um, but I think so many people, it's easy to, like we're going back to the other. You know, people are so connected to technology and stuff that. It, 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 we end up having this big disconnection. And um, um, so I don't wanna feel like I'm, i am you know what I mean? That I'm, uh, again, you know, uh, telling people what to do or how they should live their lives, but- Trust
3: me, it does not at all <laughs> sound like that. You are just Good. sharing, you know, your experiences. And again, the courage that you have shown us by being able to do that, um, we thank you for that. and And there's no greater example than the life that's been lived and lost. So, thank you.
1: There was two things, well, one thing, um, that I was trying to find on Facebook, talk about technology. <laughs> but when Nick when Nick died, uh-huh. uh, Jackson came to you and he said something, and I didn't want to get it wrong, so I kept, I was okay. like searching through his page. Uh, okay. I forgot what it was, something about, uh, like, Nick is in heaven because God needed him more than we did.
2: Yeah. So, um, so when Nick died, um, I, it was just kind of like uh, my husband was in Kauai on business. Um, and uh, uh, it was just Jackson and I home. And um, so when they came to the house, um, there was, I think, three, two officers and a, a chaplain. Um, it was, um, it was really hard and, 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 and I couldn't get hold of my sisters or it was just really, it was kind of chaotic. And, uh, one of the things I couldn't get hold of my husband and, um, he knew that there was something going on. He just didn't know what it was. And so, uh, after a few hours of, um, just trying to figure out how I was going to tell, um, my husband that his eldest son was killed. Um, I was just in my bedroom and I was crying, and I just didn't know what to do and Jackson came in and sat next to me and whew, you have to excuse me, because I get really emotional when I think about this and and um and I always post it every year because we're coming up to uh, Nick's anniversary date um, and uh he um really a good kid he's such a good kid he's all you know, mom, um, don't cry because uh, 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 Nick's in heaven because God needed him more than we did and um and i'm like god what a freaking smart kid this is <laughs> you know because it's true i mean how else i mean you can go down you can go down that road and say why me why me why me why me um but what good is that going to do you know instead i'm thinking okay and as christians and we're catholic and and my kid you know is going to a catholic school and um And I'm like, he got it right. I mean, God did need him. I mean, I have to think of it that way. I can't think of like, oh, what a horrible God I have because he took my son away from me. I was blessed to have him in the first place. So um, I'm lucky that we had him for 19 years. And so um, you kind of have to put things in perspective and little people, you know, we have to listen more to young, to little ones because, you know, out of the mouth of babes, you know, he just said what was coming from his heart. And he was spot on, he really was. And so, in doing so, I I say that and I put that on my Facebook every year because it kinda, it makes you take a step back and think about, um, you know, we're here for a short period of time and we gotta do the best we can while we're here because, you know, it may be our time that maybe he needs us more than the people here on earth need us. And so, um, yeah, that's, I always wonder if people get tired of hearing that, but um, never. And it's, it's, never. It's <laughs> Absolutely no, that's so. Down allergies
1: down. kick in every time I hear you say <laughs> it or I read it.
2: I know, I know, and it's just, um, but it to me, I have to say a lot of these things over because over time you do forget, you know. And I tell Nick's guys, you know, I'm like, tell me stories, tell me, tell me, tell me, because you know, as time goes on, as much as you don't want, it's just the reality is that you, d- if you don't write things down or if you, you forget, you know, thank God I'm 57. I can't, I keep thinking, God, am I just going to forget all of this? But, um, so I do, I put, you know, on different anniversary dates or whatever, I, I post stuff, um, that, uh, it kind of helps me too. It's, it's part of healing to talk about it. Um, because a lot of people, Um, are uncomfortable and I think they're uncomfortable because it hits so close to home Um, because that could be my, that could be me, that could be my child. I may have to deal with that I don't think I can deal with that or I don't even want to think about the thought of losing a child and um, I mean that's every parent's nightmare Um, and so um, oftentimes you find that uh, uh, and Gold Star mothers uh, uh, more so um, you end up uh, a lot of people just stop calling or stop talking to you because they don't want, it's the reality is too close to them. Um, at first I, it was very upsetting and now I get it, I understand. Um, but um, so, you know, that's not my journey. I mean, so they're gonna have to deal with that their own way, but, and if that means not talking to me, then, then so be it. But um, I'm lucky I don't really have that many People like that. I'm lucky that people um, are um, really supportive and um, understanding. And 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 I think it also made a, a big difference. Is that Nick was this this goofy kid that everybody loved, and he loved kids, and he made that connection with so many people that um, it's um, it's it, he. It was very uh, what's the word I want to say. Um, Contagious. His, his, his personality was pretty contagious and people like to be around him. And so, um, um, I think we're really blessed that way that, um, uh, that we still have a lot of people in our lives that, that continue to, um, honor him as well, you know, so that's, you know, by, by still being, um, uh, you know, friends and, and, and acquaintances with us because, uh, uh, so they could be, you know, near Nick as well. So uh, that's the way I, I kind of look at it.
1: And the other thing, if you have it and, and you want to share it, you know, mm-hmm. you can send it via email is Jackson wrote a great uh, essay. Oh, yeah. He was in yeah. ninth, 10th grade.
2: Um, He was in, yeah, he was in high school and um, we never, we um, never, Told him, and in fact, up until just um, I went to this reunion for um, the Battle of Najaf, um, but I kind of was able to get a little bit of an idea of what happened the night that he was killed. Um, I got, you know, the the full story um, just recently, but at the time, we just kind of didn't really tell him um, what happened. Um, We just didn't feel it was necessary. He didn't need to know all the details. He just kind of knew a little bit, but he did write an essay in, um, and, uh, putting himself in, 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 like a third party, but kind of in the eyes of his brother, but in a different, and, um, and he was pretty spot on actually. In fact, a lot of his guys that when he first wrote it and he posted it, um, he, first of all, he, po- he, he wrote it as a, an, um, uh, an English essay. He had to write it. And I don't know what, what, the subject matter was supposed to be about but um it was um it was pretty spot on and it was um it was beautiful actually because it wasn't um it was just a way that he had put himself in it how he would feel if that was him dying and um and and how he put himself in in that day waking up that morning and what they were doing and his job and and all that and um it was just it's I think it was a really good um, therapy for himself um, to know that, you know, you know, who wants to think about your brother and he suffered and, you know, and so um, I think it's his way of, of of knowing that maybe his brother didn't suffer and, and and that it was, um, his death was, a good thing. I know that sounds kind of odd, but, um, you know, as a Christian, you know, we all, you know, want to go, go to heaven. (laughs) That's all, that's our goal. (laughs) And so, um, I think that was his way. And I think it was also his way to deal with, um, you know, you don't want to think about, you you know, you don't want to think about those bad things. And, um, I think this was a way for him to, um, to do that. You know, everybody deals with things differently. Everyone deals with with death differently, and and whether it's your your child or your sibling or whatever the case may be, and um, even like Nick's brothers, you know, uh, it's um, it's it. Some of them have been really have gone down that really dark road, um, and having hard times climbing out. And um, you know, Nick was the only um, person in his unit that was killed, and so. Um, you know, that's tough. You know, you got, you know, 56 guys, you know, and now that's 55 and it's um, really hit them hard where a number of them, um, uh, you know, suffer PTSD, like there's no tomorrow, have, have tried to commit suicide a number of times or are going down, you know, you know, there's either drugs or alcohol or, or you know, divorced and married a number of times, you know, it's just, it's hard to keep relationships and, and, um, it's really, really tough. And, um, uh, but the ones that did really well, they're lucky enough that they've had people in their life to really help them steer in the right direction to help them, um, uh, figure it out. Or even, um, a number of them have stayed in, you know, there's a couple of them that have had their careers and for anyone, like I said, whether it's your child or your sibling or, or someone that, um, served with you know, a fallen hero. Um, I think every, and, and, and oftentimes all those are not gonna, all those people combined are not gonna ask for help. Um, because first of all, one A, you don't think anybody understands. I mean, you, you can understand death, but understand the death of someone who died um, in combat or of insurgents or of terrorists. You know, who understands that? The only person that's gonna understand that is either your brother, That you served with in in the military or um you know i don't understand it but i'm in the middle of it so i have to try the best i can so um the family members are kind of in this limbo that we don't understand what was going on um but we can be there for each other whereas the outside world has no idea and um and i think maybe that's probably part of my thing is 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 trying to get people to understand a little bit just to reach out of your comfort zone just a tiny bit and understand that um that uh you know it's okay to talk about it first of all you know a lot of people don't want they think that it's not a good thing i mean i want to talk about nick all the time um but um but also um um, to reach out to those people especially like i said our vets and that's why vets are really important to me right now and what i'm doing with iron man is is that you know they're like um The quiet ones that that um, that are I don't want to say being left behind, but there's not enough being done to help um, our vets right now um, for everything that they're going through, and um, it's a shame. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if anybody knows what the answer is, Um, but um, uh, unfortunately, I think it's too easy for us to um, you know kind of throw away our veterans and and move on or move forward and, and think we'll just deal with it. And there's a lot to deal with. And um, and I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me, but um, it's good to know that there's organizations, especially like the sea cadets that understand. So these kids, whether they go into the military or not, you know, they have a base and their understanding of of military, of of discipline and, Um, empathy and patriotism um, that they're going to take with them the rest of their life, whether they join the military or not. And so that to me is like, that's golden. I mean, what what more can you ask for, you know?
0: Going off of what you were just speaking about in terms of, you know, knowing this legacy and understanding and, and our cadets Mm -hmm. kind of have a a different perspective a couple of few days ago when 9-11 hit, it kind of dawned Mm -hmm. on me that none of our cadets now were born before (laughs) 9-11 happened yeah. And a lot of them actually don't really understand the story and they don't understand what happened to America following 9 mm-hmm. 11. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if you had some advice to parents, as a parent who's had to have those difficult conversations with their kids, how to broach the topic of post 9 11, what happened in Iraq and the war, and helping our kids understand and respect those that served
1: our country.
2: I personally don't feel that. Um, young people um have the respect for um our military like they should i think a lot um of them think of military when they think of military they, all they think about is is people that go in and wanna kill um, when it's the complete opposite i think we're so far away from that it it's 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 tough and i think it's tough for for them to because of that for them to understand what the country was like before nine eleven, and how, um, as horrible as it was, it brought this country together. And for even for a short period of time, um, you know, you couldn't go anywhere without not seeing an American flag. You know, if you didn't have American flag, you know, hanging outside of your house, you know, you were asked why. Basically, you know what I mean. Um, and for that short period of time you know, we were all very patriotic and we were all American, you know, and then things changed. And even we were still that way when, when we first went into Iraq and Afghanistan and understanding what was happening. Um, now I, I just think that, um, again, we were going back again, going back and and was mentioning on how, uh, young people are so focused on social media and, um, and all that, where it's, it ends up being so self-absorbed, and and the thought of service, is, is, I don't think they can comprehend that as much unless we, as parents or even grandparents or whatever, that been there, and even older siblings, we have to um, get them back to service-oriented, and then in doing so, understanding that part of that is not just volunteering, but also service as in, you know, military or police or fire or whatever the case may be. Um, because um, I think we're just so far removed from it I, I mean I could be wrong but i that's what I see and i i um, it's frustrating um, to see that and you know I could even just talk with my with my daughter and she doesn't she understands what happened um, and I think she's a little bit more sympathetic or have more empathy just because of the situation she's a gold star sister um, and so she has been raised differently than a lot of maybe young people her age, um, that um, it's, I think, it, I think that's a tough one. That's a tough question to answer because if, if it doesn't come from the parents or even the grandparents, um, where is it gonna come from?
1: You know, it's funny because I think, and I was having this conversation with uh, someone the other day and it was finding that balance of individualism versus communityism. Uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and you know, some people blame it on COVID. I think that's going to be the happy excuse uh, for the next, you know, foreseeable future. But it truly mm-hmm. is an excuse at one point to where everyone is self-absorbed individually and mm-hmm. not realizing mm-hmm. that their actions have an effect on community. Uh, yeah, and it is. It, it was a tough balance you know, 30, 30 years ago when I started working for the Y and I did the Indian Guides program, which was mm-hmm. a parent-child program, and I'd have people ask me, well, why should I join this program? And my stock yeah. answer was because I'm going to give you an excuse to be doing what you should already be doing with your kids.
2: That's a good one. I um, like that. I have to
1: remember that one. <laughs> and, 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 and it, 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 back to our sea cadet volunteers I mean here everyone's trying to keep a roof over their head and a gallon of milk on the table mm-hmm. and yet we have such of individuals across the country who are saying yeah it's tough for me but it's important to me that I'm still involved in this organization yeah. and our cadets who are in all sorts of different uh, uh, disasters just in California, I can speak and, and know about family, cadet families who stepped up and, and have lost things but said, you know what, we're not going to wallow in our sorrow. We're going to get out there and we're going to help because we're a community. Uh, yeah, and I think that's yeah. really, that's a lot of it. Um, and then you're yeah. right, this can't even, families and parents being involved, in their mm-hmm. kids' education, and and I think uh, we've opened a lot of eyes uh, with the virtual uh, schooling. And mm-hmm. hopefully it'll carry on, you know, parents realize well, I have to create time, so maybe once we do get back to in person that they'll carry that on and, and get into their school campuses if they can and still be a part of what their kids are doing.
2: Yeah, that but, would be really good. I have to tell you because kids, I personally think they, they need that social interaction and having, being away from it is really hard and all these different organizations, you know, like you're saying the Indian guides and, and the sea cadets and, and, and the sports and stuff, it kind of, um, it's like you said that the families that say, Hey, we're going to step up and we're going to do what's right. Even though we've lost so much again, that still goes back to, um, the parents, um, Showing you know, it's, it's like I always tell my kids, you know, um, uh, how uh, my mind just went blank is that you know, your actions speak louder than your words, so you're going to say you're going to do one thing, but if you're doing something different, um, so you know, everybody's watching you, and um, and I think that has a that that's pretty big, and so those parents that are stepping up and saying, hey, you know we can barely get food on the table because we can't work or whatever the case may be, but we're still going to, you know, push forth with this program because it's important and um, it's about service and we're helping other people. And, and, you know, even though we don't have food on the table, there's pre- people that have it a lot worse than we do. And so we're going to help them out. And, and I think that, um, that says a lot. And again, I, I you know, I'm one of those people that I always go back to parents. I mean, I, I, that sounds like a scapegoat and I'm like always blame the parents, but you know, it's um, you know, parents could do the best they can, but there's some that could really do better than others. And, and I think that that's um, um, it shows through, you know, either one way or the other.
1: Okay. Wow. (laughs) I don't even have a closing that I can record right now. This has just been a great conversation.
3: You know what, it, it doesn't even, it doesn't need a closing, it, it has been, I mean, I, I feel so fortunate to have been sitting here and and just, I've absorbed so much from you today, Lisa, and, and thank you for letting us get to know you and your experience, and most importantly, letting us get to know a little bit about Nick, I, I just, he just, what an inspiration he was, and his personality, and everything you shared with us today, the cadets are going to benefit so much from hearing his story. And, and the parents from hearing yours. So thank you, thank you for, for spending this time with us.
0: Once again, what a great conversation. You know, we, we have such nice, interesting people that are a part of this program that are so willing to share their experiences and perspectives and wisdom. So I want to thank everyone for being involved with that conversation. And what I hope this does is you can certainly search for Gold Star Mothers. It, it, it is a nonprofit organization. And so you can search for that online and you can definitely look up more information. Uh, they do have some commemorative videos and, and other media that you can take a look at. And, and just to see what's involved. Beyond that, I think real quick for me, a couple of things. Number one... What's interesting to me is, you know, as an educator f- for the last couple of decades, um, there's a lot of different programs out there, a lot of different things young people can do, a lot of different ways to encourage leadership development, character development. And what's so interesting with uh, C cadets, lead cadets or what have you is you wear the uniform and you know, for someone like me who, is neck deep in rethinking, rewriting, and and reconsidering and re-envisioning and all those re-words, how we're we're teaching some of this and how to make it more engaging uh, for up-and-coming generations, current and -and up-and-coming. You know, we really do, I mean, honestly, follow... The Navy's guidance, Armed Service guidance, customs and traditions followed really closely, and so it's interesting to me is that here we are, uh, participants in the program, adults and young persons alike, are putting on uniforms that are exact artifacts, precise artifacts, down to the minute details, with the exception of sea cadet or lee cadet-oriented patches and flashes. I mean, that the detail is there. The, the uniform is being worn, and there are folks out there that are actually wearing the uniform as part of their job, their lifestyle, and they're putting their lives in danger wearing that same uniform that um, the young folks in our program wear on their drill weekends, during recruit and advanced trainings. And so my reaction to this is this is not dress up. You know, this isn't LARPing or, you know, live action role playing. Like this is serious business. And for folks that are wearing that uniform and putting their lives on the line, that is real life, serious business. And so I think when you, when you put on that uniform, Um, I'm starting to get a feel for uh, I'm wearing the same threads, the same pattern, perhaps similar ribbons and the same appurtenance, uh, fulfilling the same requirements, grooming, personal appearance, bearing, character, all of that, that folks who are really doing this stuff, who are really on the decks of these ships, who are really putting their lives in danger and, and could potentially lose their lives wearing this uniform that that to me is a, is a very significant distinction um, that sets I think sea uh, cadets, Lee cadets uh, and and there are other military oriented youth organizations as well young Marines, JRTC and otherwise. And so it really sets them apart from organizations or, or leadership programs where you don't have a specific uniform and that might not be your focus. So it, let's be very intentional about why we're here and what we're doing. Be very serious about why we're here and what we're doing and take the advice and the wisdom of those that have long-time experiences. Take that to heart and really think about how you're developing as a young person ethically, how you're developing your leadership, um, and so forth. So, you know, that's my biggest lesson. Um, I'm going to conclude this show with sort of a different change in tone here. Music, to me is really important. And when I can hear certain songs, or when I hear certain songs, it puts me in certain places. And so, at the top of the show, I played a song by a band, Foreigner. Uh, Young people today might not have heard that band at all. And uh, that song was number one um, the day that Nicholas Anderson was born. And so when I was looking for a similar one uh, from November of 2004 uh, when the world lost Nicholas Anderson, um, when he gave the ultimate sacrifice, I wanted to find something that could express uh, the situation adequately. And and what I found was there was a song by a band Bowling for Soup uh, that was number one or somewhere on the charts Uh, in 2004, right around the time, in November. And the song title is 1985. So I thought that was interesting. And so an interesting, serendipitous connection. So um, it's a much happier song, but I think we can celebrate the sacrifice of Nicholas Anderson and um, hear something that he may have heard um, all those years ago. So I leave you with... 1985, Bowling for Soup.